again. What is up, everybody? It's Lisa on today's episode of Hi Hello. I hope you guys uh, really liked the last episode that I gave you guys. Um, it was very, very vulnerable, and I'm really glad that I shared the moment with everyone. Uh, fun fact is that I actually use the podcast as a way to communicate with my fiance. I know that sounds kind of weird, but he communicates best with sound and frequency, which is kind of funny, right? Um, and he actually listened to the podcast and it helped him understand some things too. So just a cool way of uh, communication and understand that communication is a very, very important thing. Um, I don't want to talk about that though. We're going to talk about some other stuff. I have a really cool guest with me today. I wanted to interview this person because she has made a huge impact in my life. Um, she's been a big part of my life. She's been a part of, big part of SJ's. She's what we call a founding father, an OJ. OJ, oh my God, OG. <laughs> a founding father. She is an OG of SJ's Beauty Bar. She was a part of my original team when I expanded uh, last August. Um... I don't want to give too much away, but this is this is one of my really, really good friends and someone that I am so just very, very proud of. This is Taylor Smith, my stylist. Say hello. Hello. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. This is interesting. Um, just hey guys, yourself. I'm Taylor. Um, I started with Lisa a year ago. She's great, and I love her. And she just pulled a hair off, a chin, a hair off of my chin. No, there's a crumb. Oh, okay, probably a cheese ball. I yeah. like cheese balls, and I eat them often. If you guys wanted to know, fun she fact. She loves them. Lisa hates that. Yeah, I, I, I hate the sound of um, food and crunch. So it's really funny because she loves to walk around the salon with the cheese balls in her fucking hand, like the whole container. I'm talking about like the whole container, and just walk around. Like, <laughs> and when I'm talking to somebody, it's really, really nice to hear. <laughs> Just that's yeah verbatim that's literally verbatim what she does 100 mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. and i brought them today to her house and her fiance looked at me with 10 heads and said cheese balls i said yeah you should take one and he took one and guess what he loved them he loved them and he took more child. we're all children at heart <laughs> we're, all, we're all children 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 we're all children we're all children at heart uh so like my normal interviews, this is going to be an interview of three questions, and these questions are very thought-provoking, and just kind of give an insight, because what I really admire about Taylor is that she came to me, hear me out, she doesn't know the questions I'm asking her, she doesn't know what I'm talking about, she came to me broken, like just shattered in pieces, I had to basically pick the pieces off the floor and try and glue them back together. Um, yeah, with, and I missed a lot of pieces. There was a lot of missing pieces that I didn't have. And since then, just, I mean, shit, even just in six months, she went from this broken, fragile girl who's hot headed and couldn't control her emotions and just was very, just all over the place to this entrepreneur that is, you know, doing the fucking thing. I mean, she's moving to Florida. She's hightailing it out of here. She said, fuck this. I got what I got out of Delaware. I am successful. I'm worth this and I'm doing it. And she learned that in a short, less than a year. I mean, it's been, it'll be 11 months this month. Next month will be 12 months. It'll be a full year that she's been, she's been with me. And there's just something that's very inspirational about that, um, that she didn't allow her trauma and her past to come forward and dictate her, her future. You know, she... She did at first when she when she met me because she couldn't figure out how to make it better, and I just I just gave her the tools and she took the tools and and manifested them into this extremely successful career. You know she went from commission, which if you guys don't know what this is, she would work for me and make half of what her um, profits were, to a renter. So where she pays me rent and she keeps all the money in six months. That's fucking unheard of, you know. And it's just it's really cool personally as an entrepreneur and myself to watch one of my my little minions my little prodigies turn into these successful people because that just lets me know I know what I'm doing and I'm creating this this elite force of entrepreneurs that are taking the the top the knowledge that I know and the tools that I know and manifesting them in their own way into this these crazy successful careers so I just wanted to talk with her and kind of get some uh, some insight so are you ready I think. <laughs> it's like, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. And everything she said is 110% accurate as can be. And anyone in my life would definitely say the same thing. But we've come a long way. 
A long way. A long way. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So my first question to you is, um, you're moving to Florida and this is like a, this is like a, a big question. So there's a lot of parts of this questions, but it's still one question. Um, what are you feeling right now? Um, what, how are you feeling spiritually and what draws to you to Florida? So that's, that's a loaded question. And I'm not looking, I'm not looking for, because it's hair or because, you know, his dad and like, it's whatever. No, like I, I want to know, oh gosh, um, what, what inspired you to go to Florida? What's bringing you to Florida? What does this mean for your next chapter? How does this make you feel? You know, like, what does this move look like for you? All right. So, fun fact about me, I love to longboard and I love to go to the beach. And longboarding is one of the main things that I found in Delaware that helped me get, like, a peace of mind and just be by myself. And I do have a lot of trauma. So, being alone was definitely really hard for me for a long time and like realizing I could be alone and like be okay. So longboarding got me to just like spend some time with myself, find something that I really loved to do and that I was actually pretty good at. And going to Florida, it's perfect for longboarding. I can do that all year long um, there in particular. And I think that was the very first sign I had was when I went there with um, Austin in February and I took my longboard and I have like a five foot longboard and I took it and I rode it around and I was like looking at the palm trees and feeling the warm air and it's February and it's 80 degrees and I'm like wow I love this I love being by myself I love that I'm longboarding right now in February on a road I can't do this at home like I'm so so happy and I sat there and I was like wow I feel really really good here like something I don't feel in Delaware but I'm not ready I'm scared I'm not ready I gotta leave so um I just started telling people this, but I'll say it now because you said, you know, where am I at spiritually? Um, when I was in Florida, I asked the universe to send me a sign and I said, if I'm going to move to Florida in the next six months, send me an alligator before I leave. And I was leaving Florida. We were in the, in the van and we're pulling out of Florida on I-95 and I look up and there's an alligator on the sign. And mind you, this is February. I said, absolutely not. I'm not moving to Florida in six months. I will not do that. That's not happening. You guys are wrong. And I never thought about it again. And then I got an apartment and I got kicked out. And I was like, okay, that really sucked. And that threw a damper on things. So I was Hold like, on, maybe. How, how soon did you get kicked out? A week. One week, guys. Free the tits. I'm just going to say that Ooh. and keep it at that. We're just going to free the tatas. Um, and I want to say this, it wasn't like a kick out that people might think it was a kick out out of innocence. Mm -hmm. Like there was no, there was no like, um, malicious. Mal no, what the hell is the word I'm looking for? There was no fight. There was no, like nothing happened. Mm -mm. It just, she was, they were like, bye, get the fuck out. <laughs> and I was like, okay, um, cool. So I cried in front of every single person at the salon that day. And I was like, what the actual hell just happened? I don't have anything left to say to this besides okay. And I sat down and I made a phone call to someone that worked with me at the very first salon that I worked at. That was a hard place for me to work at, truth be told. And she said, I said, I don't want to be here for longer than six months. I don't want to buy a house, though. I don't know what to do. I know I want to go to Florida. Everything's pushing me to Florida. But da 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 da. And she stopped me and she said, what the hell are you waiting for? I said, I don't know. She said, exactly. You're just going to make it harder on yourself the longer you fucking stay. And you've never wanted to stay here, so leave. I was like, oh, shoot, you're right. Maybe I should. So the next day, I called Lisa, and I was like, hey, um, I think I want to move to Florida. And Lisa was like, chase your dreams, baby girl. You got this. And I was like, oh. Fuck, oh. Okay, all right, I guess. <laughs> like, shoot, damn, all right. She said I could, oh, all right. So, um. I'm telling you guys all this from the very beginning because it has a lot to do with where I am spiritually now. So fast forward, I started looking into salons. I started just finding a bunch of different places, reaching out, seeing where I thought I wanted to be, and everything started cutting through like butter. I got licensed right away. I went down there. I met the salons, and I was kind of stuck between two, and I was like, let's see. Like, you know, I asked the universe. I prayed. I said, send me purple flowers if I know where I'm supposed to be, and... 
the next day I was thinking, oh, I didn't get purple flowers and I'm leaving Florida. So maybe that means it's not meant to be. I should find a different salon or I should just stay. And as soon as I said that, I looked up and there was purple flowers. And I was like, all right. And since that day, I've continuously seen purple flowers, but only when I'm in Florida. So to me, that's my spirit telling me and my spirit guides and spirit actually spiritually that I'm doing the right thing and I'm in the right place and I'm listening to everything and this is all going to work out just the way it's supposed to so when I went to Florida this last time and I started working and everything I was like I felt peace and I don't find much peace here I'm very anxious I'm very chaotic my energy is always all over the place I don't trust many people here because I know too many and there's just so much growing up in a small town where everyone knows everyone. It's always not always fun and it's hard to like break away from those people and always knowing those people and being in Florida and just being away from every person that I know and everything that's ever hurt me and like seeing certain places and being like I hate driving by that place and seeing the next place and being like, oh, that happened there and that happened there. Like being in just a completely new environment with all these fresh faces and all these fresh new roads and everything. It's just a learning experience and you can't get it if you don't ever leave. And I don't want to be stuck here. And I, I've always felt so trapped here that I've never belonged here. I've always been drawn to so much more. And being in Florida, it's definitely like, I feel like a different person there. And quite frankly, like where I'm at now and just with everything going, I can't wait to spend time with myself. Mm -hmm. I don't really like, I, of course I want friends there, but I have great friends here. I have my friends. I know what my friends are. Really. I just need to spend time with me and do the things I genuinely love to do. And I love paddle boarding. I can't paddle board here. I can paddle board in the most beautiful place on like an Island in Florida, like that a bridge connects to like what? And watch the sunset right next to the ocean. Like, that's amazing. And like just opportunities that you don't get here, like I can finally have somewhere else. And when the universe, when it's something's really meant for you, you don't have to fight for it. And I haven't had to fault for this at all. Everything's just worked out and came right to me just the way it's supposed to. And But it fought you. And you fought it. I fought it hard. Yeah. I yeah. fought it so hard. And it fought me right back and said, yeah, no, Try again. you're going, Try again. you're going. Yeah. Yeah. And the more I tried to fight it, the more it just pushed me to go. And then finally I did it. And I, I'm not nervous. I'm not anxious about it. I'm not, I don't have any feelings of like doubt or second guessing or am I making the right decision? I know I'm making the right decision. I know this is the next step in my career. I know this is going to lead me to so much more. And I know that I've gained everything I can from SJs. And if it wasn't for SJs, I wouldn't have the confidence I have to go down to Florida and be like, this is what I want and this is what I expect and this is what I'm worth. And I have this confidence because of what I've done in the last year. And if I would have never left that place and came to Eshes a year ago and met you and honestly, you know, wanting to spend time with myself and all of that, you were a major part in helping me figure that part out and that I needed to like remove myself from these people that aren't benefiting me. And, you know, hate to say, but family included. And that's just the tough reality of, of the fact, life. but yeah, yeah, of life, of but life. It is what it is, and that's what happens. So I'm definitely in a really good place. I feel very motivated, and I'm hungry again. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't hungry. I was getting very, like, plateauing and just getting, like, okay with where I was. And I was like, I'm not okay. I want more. And Lisa taught me that pain is growth, and growth is never comfortable. And that's something that's very stuck, like, stuck with me so hard. And I was just sitting in this place. And I was like, Nope, I need growth. I need to be uncomfortable. I need something else. And I feel like I'm finally getting there. So I feel good. I'm ready. And I'm like excited. It. Yeah. Like all the signs have told me so I have all my answers. And I believe in divine. What is it? Divine timing? Divine timing? Okay. Mm -hmm. I like, I like that. I like that. Everything happens when it's supposed to. And you're damn right. The universe always happens the way that it, it, it happens the way that it needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to piggyback off of that. And the reason why I wanted to ask her this is because Taylor is, you're what, 22? Almost. Almost 22. In a couple days. Yeah, in a couple days. So it's kind of funny that you're, that you, you've said all the things that you said because you kind of answered a lot of the other questions that, but that's Okay. I'm still going to ask them because they can open other doors. Um, but I wanted to read something that I said that I wrote today. Um, and I wrote it because of you. Because you taught me this. So someone posted and was like, what does, what does comfortable and safe mean to you? And I said, comfortable is complacent. 
Comfort comes from lack of consistency, trying, etc. You get comfortable when you stop trying. It becomes uh, monotonous. However, safe is security. Safe is trust. Believing in them. Believing yourself with them because you feel safe. Um, Now, this particular portion is about relationships. I'm going to read the next portion that's about friendships and everything. But I want to get the baseline of this. You should never want to be comfortable. You You don't grow as a couple being comfortable. You grow together being safe within each other. Knowing one will pick each other up when needed. But when they're comfortable, why would I help you when I'm comfortable right here? Personally, I don't enjoy being comfortable. As soon as I'm comfortable, I know something is lacking. I'm always safe with my fiance, and I know that, but never comfortable. We're always growing to learn more about each other, more about life, and more about everything. And then she said, well, this was on a post on something. And she said, um, well, what about friendships and family? And I said, it's across the board, you know. Why treat them all separately when you know you deserve consistency? So this particular... This particular term um, I came up with because I learned it through life and then more particularly through Taylor. Um, Because like I said, this is like my first like product, not to say project, that's a weird word, but this is like the first person that I took under my wing and I wanted her to see what she was worth. I knew what it was, but she didn't. And uh, I said, I like to use the term slingshotting. So with friends, coworkers, spouse, any of it, you create safety with these people, these environments in order to grow. Now, we all can't grow at the same time because it never works. Typically, when that happens, you grow apart. But when one is done essentially growing, they slingshot the other in front of them to allow them to grow. So as one grows, the other supports and vice versa. That's how you stay out of comfort. Each relationship is growing better. Each relationship that's growing is better than themselves. And when you're a better person internally, you treat others, others around you better therefore promoting their growth too. It's a beautiful cycle. Feeling safe to grow around people promotes better relationships, communication skills, better environments, and they all translate into the other. So yeah, it stays the same for everything, really. The moment someone is too comfortable to support your growth, and that's anyone, family, friends, spouse, anyone across the board, that's the moment you feel yourself. Be safe, not comfortable. And this is also like a piggyback off of this, is that you know, I want to talk about this because I think this is really cool is that even Taylor as a spouse has, has grown, you know, when I first met her, you know, she was, she's not a bad person. She never was, but she's hot headed, you know, like just so hot. She didn't know how to control. Yeah. So aggressive. She just didn't know how to control her emotions. And through her own finding of basically looking at herself in the mirror and saying, I'm, worth a lot more than this I'm smarter than this I don't need to be this aggressive to get anywhere in life I don't I don't need to be like this because I'm better than this that's all it took that's all that's all I had to say I was like dude you're worth this and there was constant times in our work relationship where she would doubt herself with a damn toner and I'd look at her and be like what do you think and she's like ah I don't know and I'm like bitch you fucking know you know and here she is now telling me Telling me what's a tone, telling me what's a root tap, telling me what to do. And if that, if that story of, or of her journey doesn't motivate you or inspire you to get the fuck off your ass and get over yourself, I don't know what will. Because that's what she did. She got up. She was like, I'm, I'm worth more, bitch. I'm worth more. Fuck my this. Relationship got so much better. Yeah. Everything in my life got so much better. My relationship and... With my relationships with everybody, my friends, I learned how to be a better friend through all of that. And just me and my boyfriend in particular, we are a completely different couple than we were a year ago. And the whole slingshotting thing, like Lisa gave me those words of advice in, I think, October. And it has translated so, so, so much to see how I worked so hard on myself and how everything around me got so much better when I looked in and was like, I'm never going to attract anything good. If I'm not being good, like I'm not good. My head's not good. Everything's not good. I remember the day I texted Lisa and I was like, I am not okay. I'm not okay at all. She was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I'm fighting with Austin for no reason. I'm being crazy as hell and I don't know why and I can't control it. And she gave me some awesome words of advice that day. She sent me like 10 voice memos that were all minutes and minutes long. I was in Target when that happened too. Oh, nice. In Target. Yeah, that was funny. And I was crying and Austin left to go to the gym and I just sat there and I cried and I listened to everything Lisa said and Austin came home that night and I was like, I'm sorry and I'm going to do anything I can to be a better person to you and a better person to myself and everyone around me. And 
Lisa pulled Austin upstairs too and was like, this girl's got trauma and she has a lot to unpack and you either need to support her or get the fuck out of that door. Mm-hmm. And that day he rode home with me and he said, I don't care how much times it takes. I don't care if you don't want to see me for weeks. I don't care whatever it is. You do what you got to do. I'll be waiting right here when you're done. And sure enough, there, it all worked out. And I would have never been able to do that if she didn't sit me down and just hold the mirror and say, you know, who are you? Who is Taylor? Like, you have so much worth. Just figure that out. Find it. And it took a long time, but I got there. And now I know my worth. No, it didn't. It, it didn't take that long. It feels like so long, mm-hmm. but it really didn't. And like mm-hmm. you said, you know, like you said, if, it, if this story doesn't motivate you, I don't know what will. Because mm-hmm. I worked my ass off and I was hustled and I was hungry and I took everything Lisa said like a sponge. Mm-hmm. And I remember months ago when I would be like, am I doing this right? Did I... Lisa, Mm -hmm. Lisa, 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 Mm -hmm. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. And then one day I just stopped and I felt like I never asked again. Like it was just like I stopped and then from there on it was like a whole different person. Mm -hmm. I feel like people have moments where they just like wake up Mm -hmm. and they like smell the roses, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that – and the whole point of this podcast is not for me to be like, well, I changed her. I'm the reason the way she is. No. I – it's a a message to tell everyone who's listening – you can be that person for someone else. You and can't so, change the people around you. But you can change the people around you. you. Exactly. I change the people around me and look what happened. Yeah. Exactly. You can't change people around you, but you can change people around you. And the moment that you do that, that's when life starts. That's when shit makes sense. All the things that you're probably talking about and thinking about and wanting starts with you. So listen. Just open your ears and listen. If someone is telling you, you know, get your shit together or stop doing this or you're really hurting my feelings, then fucking listen. My God. I mean, she let like, like I said, this is not about me, but she listened to what I had to say. And all I had to do was turn her words back around and tell her, you know, those are, these are her words. Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of reciprocating them. I'm, I'm having her hold the mirror. I'm having her hold the mirror and tell herself these things that, you know, I can't do this. And when you look at yourself in the mirror, you tell yourself you can't do this. You know how fucking bitch made that looks? It's, you look stupid. Mm-hmm. But the moment that you look at yourself and you're like, you know what? Maybe I can do this. That's when life starts. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love, I love us about Taylor because she, she saw it. She saw the light. She didn't let the bullshit suck her in. And they're... She just, she inspires me because she's so young, you know, she, she did it, you know, she, she took every, she took all, took it like a sponge, like she said, she took everything like a sponge and now she's moving to Florida and she's here to progress in her career and help this woman named Dina build her success because that's what true entrepreneurship does. That's what slingshotting does. And that's because Taylor is in a position where she knows that she can do that for someone. So give, give those tools, give those tools, you know, give those tools to people that if you think you can talk about it, just talk about how you do things and you can help other people. You'd, you'd really, you'd really honestly be surprised. I'm going on a tangent. So let's stop. Um, so you kind of, you kind of talked about this, but, um, what is your biggest takeaway from SJs? Not necessarily me, but just as a collective whole, like the relationships that you started, um, the, the things that have happened since you've been at SJs, just all of it. Like, what would be the the one thing that really sticks out to you? So when I reached out to Lisa, when I, uh, like, asked if I could work for her and whatnot, I worked at a place that really drug me down. I was 17 when I started working for them, and I left when I was 21, so that's four years that I worked there and I was licensed. I was a licensed hairstylist for two of those years and I didn't touch a single head. I shampooed and I cleaned and I swept the floors and I scrubbed the floors and I scrubbed the baseboards. You were Cinderella. I was Cinderella. That's what I always referred to it as, as SJs. And I worked in a salon that was your typical salon that you walk into and you go in and all the prices are on on the wall and you know there's a bunch of stations and it's pretty and there's a, a front desk person and the whole nine yards and facial rooms and all that and just the bougie salon and a nice shopping area whatever and when you really get into it those aren't always the best places 
And that's a hard pill for, I think, a lot of people to swallow in this community. But it's really showing now with the new age coming in and the old age going out. And pretty much I worked at a salon that they just were very mundane and they stayed in their ways and they didn't learn and they didn't grow and they were comfortable and we don't want to be comfortable. And the one thing that I can say about coming to SJ's and working there is it's not comfortable. It's uncomfortable as hell sometimes. And that's amazing because that's how it should be. And you're going to have those moments where it's weird and it's awkward and it's bad and not even bad, but just different. And you're like, what is going on right now? But at the end of the day, we're all a team and we're family and we talked it out. We removed pieces. We put new pieces in. We took other pieces out. We did what we could to make the team we had. And any person that walked in there never left without a smile on their face. And every person loved it there. And all my friends wanted to come hang out and just chill and hang out with us and talk to us. And everyone loves it. And, you know, we're in a in a room, in a building, shared with multiple other people which there's nothing wrong with that, but I was coming from a salon that's like front row on a freaking mm-hmm. whatever it's you're called. Hollywood. Yeah. You're, you're, you're French strip Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then you go to a salon that's like in a, a building. In a, yeah, it's like a, a hole, hole in the wall. wall, and you walk in and you're like, oh my gosh, this place is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. that was a huge thing for me. Like, just like every, I don't know, like, Breaking stigmas. Yes, breaking stigmas. Like yes, and just like it's a four-station salon. I came from an eight-station salon. Now I'm going to a three-station salon it's because I've realized that working with a lot of people is not always fun, and sometimes it can make it really messy and really toxic. And I've learned that I'm a very empathetic person from working at SJ's and dealing with all of the different energy that we have at SJ's. Honestly, I think this might be the biggest thing that I've taken away from SJ's mm-hmm. is that I've learned that I take on a lot of energy, a lot. And yesterday was one of the first days where I took on energy that I didn't need to take on, but um, I was relating to this person and she had lost someone close to her and I lost my dad when I was 15. So I was relating to her. And sometimes when it comes to that stuff, I pick up those people's energy and I'm not mad I had that conversation with her. I'm so happy I did. And I really hope I gave her like clarity in some situations and whatnot. But when I went home, I was empty. I was drained and I had nothing. And I just started recording myself on the way home. And I said, I have to release this energy. This energy is not mine to keep. It's not mine. I have to let it go. And I was able to let it go and just release it. And I was like, okay, I'm good. That I I took what I did from that conversation and I moved on. And I think that was a huge thing that it took me to learn. And in one of my final weeks at Eshe's, I think I finally realized what Lisa was always telling me about just like taking not letting people's energy affect me and what I thought that I was getting at with this was that you know like not all salons are the same and breaking the stigma and that's what I took away but really I think that it comes down to energy and differentiating my energy from what's mine and what's not mine and how energy maybe affects a business and when there's bad energy in the business what it does to the whole entire environment and how like you a, have like to yes energy is a disease mm-hmm. and bad energy bad energy yeah. and energy comes in all forms and you yeah. can feel it oh yeah so i think that just like learning that and learning to how to remove those energies that aren't being good anymore and just Filtering, and that does lead into, like, you know, those old salons and whatnot. Like, those people, like, they just leave these toxic people in their environments because they've worked there for so many years, and it just creates it more and more and more toxic environment, where SJ's was never like that. If something was toxic and something was bad, and no, like, harm, no foul, but, like, you can't have people that aren't okay for themselves working in a place because they're just going to bring everybody down around them. And that was a major thing that happened at the last salon that I was at. Mm -hmm. So it's just really nice to see, like, the difference in salons and how SJ's really showed me what I wanted in my career and what I would work at and what I would never work at again. What you would put up with. It set the standard. Honestly, it set the standard. And that's... Of life. Of life, yeah. Yeah. Of life. That's the best thing that, like, I could take from SJ's is that it gave me so much of this is what I want and this is what I expect and I'll never expect anything less. Even seeing my friends work at the salons they work at, I'm like, that's a joke. That's a joke and these people treat you guys like shit. And like, that's Delaware for you. I'll leave it at that. (laughs) That's uh, that's most salons? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) 
no, it, now not putting a chaise on a on a stepping or on a stool or anything at all. Um, but honestly, I'm going to pride myself on teaching the girls how to protect their energy because our salon is the sanctuary of positivity and safety. and safety. Exactly. Creating safety allows for people to grow. If you, I, and I want you guys to be comfortable. I No, I want you to feel safe to do whatever your little heart desires. But keep growing. Never stop growing. Yeah, never ever stop. And Lisa's always said one thing to all of us is that SJ's isn't the end-all be-all for any of you. No. And most salons in this area, they are the end-all be-all for you. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair. That's not fair that the place I started working at when I was 17 thinks that they should be the end-all be-all for me. That's not it. And I love that Lisa's like, move to Florida, go. I still love you. Mm -hmm. I still fucking love you. I still support you. That's amazing that I have someone that's like, leave my leave my place, even though it's going to screw me over because I'm moving too, mm -hmm. and I don't know what to do, but leave because I know it's better for you. That's true love right there. Mm -hmm. And that's a good boss. That's a good boss and that's a good I'll friend. But seriously, because a lot of these places would never, ever, ever do that. No. You're never. not You're not wrong. You're not mm -hmm. wrong. And I feel that you talking about energy has also allowed you to connect with your spiritual self because I didn't see the spiritual self of you until recently. I'd say within the last six months. It really came out. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah. And that, I'm... I could give a fuck about what's on the surface. I don't care about people, what everyone else knows. I want to know what makes you tick. What's, what's, what's the color of your skin? What, why do you wear certain colors? You know, I want to know why. And I challenged her to figure out her why and to just dig deep, dude. Like there's just, there's more to life than how's your day? There, you know, I want to know, how do you feel spiritually today? What's your energy at right now? What energies have you taken on today that are not good for you? How did you let them go? Exactly. And that's a really, really good example because that was one thing that Taylor could not get down for the longest time. She's so empathetic, more like exactly more than she leads on. And she did not understand that. And I knew it because I would, I, I would see it. Exactly. This like tough guy bullshit. No, I saw yeah, right I'm fucking through it. Fuck. Hell I yeah. I want to show you that I'm so tough. I'm like you can't fuck with me, but you can. Yeah. And the ones that usually are like that are like that because guess what? I was like that. I, and it's just me protecting myself from people yep. I don't know. Yep. Exactly. It's, it's a form of protection. It's a form of coping. Mm -hmm. And I knew it. I fucking. And it's a poor form. Oh, awful. Poor form. Hi, mom. Hi. This Mom's is my here. mom. This is my mom. Hi, everyone. I'm filming a podcast. I know. I'll be down in a minute. Okay. What are you guys doing? Just hanging out? Yeah, fucking food. I know, I'm starving. There's food down there. Okay, I'll be down there in a minute. Okay. I'm gonna keep this in the podcast. Yeah, we are. Cause it's real, bitches. Cause it's real, bitches. <laughs> um. Anyway, okay. So let's go to the third question. Okay, cool. Um, By the way, I'm really excited to ask you your questions because my last most important question literally ties into this whole conversation. And this is how crazy Divine we're timing. we're so connected because of energies. We're, it's, we're this, yes. Anyway, sorry. Um, also, my boyfriend helped me come up with these questions, and that's saying even more, because my boyfriend's the non, most non-emotional, non-thought-provoking person, so the fact that he helped come up with these, growth. Hell yeah. And I love Austin. He drives me fucking crazy, <laughs> and he's a pain in my fucking ass. We've come a long way. But I love Austin. He's a good kid, and he, he's, he's, a, he's a hard lover, man, you know? He loves hard. But he's also hard to love. Yep. Yeah, he loves hard, but also, that's that's my fiance and it's too. It's hard to get him to love you. Yeah. Very yeah. hard. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Last All right. This is my last question. Okay. So, give some advice for people your age. Now, what's something you feel that someone our age would really benefit from? Looking back at your younger self, what's something that you wish you knew or maybe was taught? Think of yourself now, because I realize you're young, younger than me. Um. If you, maybe at 17, when you came into this industry, and not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make this all hair related, but we are both hairdressers, and hairdressers have extremely emotional jobs. Um, I don't care what anyone's fucking says, hairdressing is probably one of the hardest jobs anyone could have. Um, so what is something that you maybe at 17, coming fresh into this industry, fresh into the world, working into the workforce, what's something that you wish you knew, and what do you, what's something that you could tell someone that's listening our age, younger, whatever, what should they know? 
I would say that one thing that's always stuck with me this in this career is they've always said in school, you get what you put into this career. And I think that's with life. You get what you put into life and you get what you put into everything. And hair is a prime example. If you put in 1%, you're going to get probably 0.5. If you put in 100, you'll probably get 50. And if you put in 150, then you're closer to 100. But you'll probably never get a full 100 back, but you'll always be pretty close if you really, really are passionate about it. And I think that, like, not even related to hair, but just, like, the best advice I could give is if you're passionate about something and that's really what you want to do and the place that you're at is making you reevaluate what you're passionate about and what you want to do, run for the hills. Mm -hmm. Run for the hills. And someone very close to me is in a position where she – is in the same exact position I was. And she said, I don't even think I want to do hair anymore. No. And I said, that's not She's true. She's so good. I know exactly what you're talking about. I said, that's not true. I said, you do want to do hair. Mm-hmm. You're at the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You do want to do hair because I thought the same exact thing. I said, I'm going to go back to school for lip fillers. No, I went to the right place and my passion grew 10 times more. And I was like, wow, I really do love what I do. And this is always what I wanted to do, but I was at the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best I could, advice I could give is find, don't settle. Don't settle for a workplace because they're paying you and you're comfortable there. If they're not filling your, fueling your passion, they're not helping you. Be com- don't be comfortable. Be safe. Be safe. And know the difference. I'm safe at SJ's and I'm safe at Dina's, but never comfortable. They're going to make me grow. They're going to push me, but that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for someone that's going to let me do the same exact oil placement on every single head. Right. That's just not it. Not in this day and age. And just to revert back, you, can, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. And the day I changed the people around me is the day that my life changed drastically. Drastically. Mm-hmm. And those people that I left are in the same exact spot they were when I left. And now I'm going to Florida. And there's the tea. I'm doing a happy dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was fabulous. I wanted to ask Taylor these questions because I love Taylor and she does not like to get vulnerable. That is not something that she enjoys. And I know that, which is why I wanted to do this with her and ask her some things to allow her to elaborate because this is also me putting her in an uncomfortable spot to allow her to grow for her next step in life in Florida with new people, new faces, people that don't know you. I want you to be vulnerable. That's what makes human connection. And I'm excited to be vulnerable. Yeah. Because I'm You feel that. safe. I do. I do. I finally feel safe enough to be vulnerable to these people because I don't feel safe to be vulnerable to the people here. And that's no hate to the people here. I just... That's just you. I just can't. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that is something that I will... I always see it with you. Always. Always, always, always. And I was really excited about this podcast because I was hoping to kind of poke the bear a little bit. And get you to talk and be vulnerable and talk about things. I could get, I could make you a lot more vulnerable, but I didn't want to make, the, I didn't make the questions, you know, too invasive. Um, but I'm proud of you for saying the things that you said because you don't talk like that. And that's inspiring. And you're young and ambitious and hungry. And I can't fucking wait to see what else you do next. I really can't. I thank you so much. I know, I love you too. Okay, is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn. Okay, so I have to preface this with when I was laying in bed with Austin and I was talking about this, he starts, like I said, my boyfriend's not emotional not emotional and not thought-provoking. So he's like stupid-ass questions, like blurting out these What's your favorite color? Literally. And I'm like, no. I'm like, Austin, I was like, I know so much about Lisa. I've picked her brain. I know so much. I said, I want to know things that I don't know. Mm. Oh, God. And oh God. he like looked at me and he was like, okay. And I was like, hmm. so my first question that I like thought about was if you could tell anything to your younger self right now, how ironic. what would you tell her? I know. How ironic. Oh man. What would I tell my, oh God. What would I tell my younger self? Jeez, 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 jeez. I don't know. Um, gosh. Because I, I feel like right now I'm going through a growth spurt, like a huge growth spurt. A growth spurt that I, I don't understand because 
my life is so fucking good right now and I still feel like shit. And it's crazy because too much of a good thing is still a bad thing. Um, and that it is very, very overwhelming. Yeah. So right now, it, like life is just really, really crazy right now. It, I'm still super happy, but I just, it's still just going through the motions. But what would I tell my younger self? I would tell her, you know, she never gave up ever, ever, ever. You know, I, I own the place since I was 19. So I can't say that. Maybe that, uh. You know what? I'm going to tell her. I'm, I'm not even going to tell her advice. I'm going to tell her, good on you, bitch. Good on you, you for protecting your energy these last five years because look where it got you. And that's why I'm so big about protecting your energy and everyone because f- fuck everyone. Mm-hmm. No. Because at the end of the day, the only person you have is yourself. So all these years... I protected my energy. You know, I knew, I just, I just, I knew that the things that I was doing and that I was in at that time just wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling, you know? Like it, it, it wasn't constant positive energy. It was like up and down, up and down, up and down, which, which is life, I guess. But I don't know, for the first time ever in my entire fucking life, I can actually say that I'm happy ever in my entire life. Um, you know, I have, I have a partner who supports me who, doesn't bitch at me because I'm working a lot who doesn't yell at me because I want to make money friends. and I go out with my friends doesn't control us. no exactly they support, they support. They what we do. no because guess what I'm coming home to you bitch mm-hmm. and they love us you they know, do the slingshot thing mm-hmm. they're a part of it exactly exactly and my team I mean the I never thought I'd ever hire a team the way that I have I mean you guys are a huge part of my journey so like, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to tell her advice, but I'm going to say good on you, bitch, for protecting your energy because look where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Like it a latte? I do. Um, so the next one, what, and this can be in anything, career, life, more so less career because I feel like I know a lot of like your career thing. So sure. more so just life. What was something that was a major turning point for you that made you either look at life differently or just have a complete, like, like, you know, when you wake up and smell the roses, what was a major turning point for you that made that happen for you? Crickets. (laughs) Well, shit's about to get real on that point. Um, Oh boy. So we're about to talk about some deep shit. Cause this is really the turning point. And any of my friends can actually attest to this is, um, and if you people are listening and you have something to say about it, you can suck my dick. Um, Hell yeah. So I thought that the last person that I was with was I was going to marry them. I thought I was going to marry them because I, you know, I just, I was just infatuated. And truth be told, like there was just, there really wasn't like a genuine connection. It just, it was surface level. I didn't, there was no like genuinity to it. It was the idea, exactly. And I had this wild fucking idea that we were going to get married and, you know, live this life and, like, do all these things. And then one day, they woke up and they were like, I'm done. My life, like, literally shattered. Like, shattered. I was, I lost 30 pounds in a month. Um, I got my own apartment. I cried every single night. I, you know, I, I didn't eat nothing. Like, for, I'd say, two or three months. And I know it's like, oh, it's a boy and that made you feel like, wait, no, it, it wasn't the boy itself, but it's just the, the constant reminder that people can literally change in a hot second. And then from that day, when that was happening, um, I got my position with Kenra. They reached out to me and they hired me to be a brand educator. So in the turmoil and one of my darkest points of my life where I don't want to say I wanted to kill myself cause that's pretty, that's a very bold statement to say, but I was pretty low, um, one of my dream jobs happened to me during that time. And that's when, I don't know, like my perspective changed because even though, you know, I was drowning in just sadness and depression and all of this, someone still kind of saw the light in me. And they, cause these people that hired me had no fucking clue what was going on in my life. And they hired me and they, they trained me and here I am now three years or two years, three years later, this is the third year. Um, 
moving more and more with them. And then that led me to my fiance. And Tim was a huge, huge also turning point because he taught me a lot of coping and different ways of view life and whatever, whatever, whatever. But honestly, that, yeah, that moment, that was the darkest point of my life ever, ever. I know I'm only 25, but that, that was, that was life-changing, dude. I wasn't sure. I wanted to quit. I wanted, at that point, when everything happened, I wanted to sell the salon, move somewhere, and never talk to anyone ever again. I, my mom knows this. I was done. I was like, fuck Delaware. Exactly. Fuck Delaware. I was done with it. I was just, I was just, no. And you want to run. Mm-hmm. That's your only instinct is to just run, leave. Yeah, it's run. Exactly. Like, I'm not saying that what you and I are doing, but that's exactly what you and I are doing. There's so much. But there's nothing against. We healed first. Yes. We healed and then we ran. Yeah. Because you can't run from your problems. No. They'll follow you to the next place. Yes, they will. And there, it's nothing wrong with Delaware itself. Because mm-hmm. this can happen in Tennessee and North Carolina. It's your hometown. It's your hometown. And there's a lot of scars here. And a lot of trauma and a lot of shit that I don't, you know, I don't want to be around anymore. I mean, fuck, when I got three fucking phone calls last night, my heart was racing and I was shaking. And that's just a constant reminder that I'd made the right decision and to let go of these certain people out of my life. And even that person, too, that was also life-changing. That was, that was. But the first one was was when all that happened. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to you, yo. <laughs> Thanks is so there, much, bro, bro. Is there anything else besides, like, people-wise that happened in your life, maybe, like, when you were younger or anything like that, that made you, even, like, through childhood years, Ooh, that made you have a turning point? Because that was, like, recent stuff. So, like, yeah, maybe like, when you were younger, child-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, I grew up with a single mom. Only because I knew those. Okay. So, that's why I'm asking. You're like, no, 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 bitch. I want more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I grew up with a single mom. With, with a single mom. And I love my mother. She's a fantastic mom. But not everyone's life is easy. Um, I didn't grow up with my dad because he fucking sucks. We're actually close now, which is kind of funny. But, um, just... And this is a no offense to my mother because I absolutely love her and it was just a time in our life. We love you, mom. Yes, we absolutely do. But, you know, life was hard because she was a single mom and I spent a lot of my time alone, like alone, alone in an apartment by myself or at her job while she was working till like one o'clock in the morning. Um, and then there's a lot more to this, but having, having being alone a lot when I was a kid made me really bitter to a lot of different things. And that's also why I wanted to work alone for the longest time because I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't create healthy relationships because I never had them. Um, and this is also kind of funny because Taylor and I don't share family problems, but we do, uh, which is why she probably asked this question. Because um, I know a lot about hers, but I don't really talk a lot about that stuff. Um, but yeah, it, I don't want to go into detail because I, I really, you know, I'm, the relationship now is a lot better. So you don't want to bring and I'm, yeah, that yeah, but it was huge. That helped shape you into the person you are. Yes. Being alone for that time and. Like oh, most huge. of my life. And then meeting my stepdad and he wasn't accepting of me. And then point by period, guys, um, I moved out of my parents' house when I was 16 because I fucking hated them because they were fucking assholes to me and they didn't understand who I was and they didn't want to understand who I was. And I moved out and I said, fuck this. And I didn't eat some days and some days I didn't go to school because I couldn't pay for my gas for my car and, um, whatever it was. yeah, like whatever it was, like it just, it, like I, you know, I'm not here to like, I'm sorry, like feel sorry for me, but like I fucking struggled and I was young and I had parents and like I had these people, but they weren't with me. Who were supposed to help you and yeah. they don't always help you. And just to, like, piggyback off of that, you know, Lisa and I both coming from traumatic childhoods, which many people don't really know about. And with both of us, we both don't talk about it often with each other. Yeah, no. But it significantly helped shape us into the people that we are. And I don't think we'd have the hunger or the drive or the motivation at such young ages Mm -hmm. to have the businesses and the knowledge and the impact on people that we do. And if it wasn't for all those things, you know, like you said, your relationship with your parents is much better. Same with mine. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it's but still a part of your journey. It's still a part of your journey and it still shaped you into who you are. And I'm happy that you shared that because Thanks. that stuff's not easy to talk about. But God, I know. I was, like, I was having flashbacks and I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. That was a pretty good one. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, okay. So that's good. Fun. Thanks. Yeah, that good. Um, so my last one, which ties in to all of this, which, uh, by the way, Austin actually helped me with that last question. I'll give pretty much all props to him on that one. The, the um, one you just asked me? Yeah. God, damn, I'm about to call him. Like, what was that about? Yeah, right? <laughs> sure. Right? The most sure. thought-provoking person. Yeah. That's what he said. Yep. Um, so my question, because this is something that has um, really stuck with me, and I'm not going to get too into detail with this, but Lisa knows that um, home for me is never safe. Yeah. And that's no nothing against my parents, but home for me is never safe, and I've never really had a home. So safety for me, I've always found in people. Mm-hmm. And my question to you, to you is, what makes you feel safe? What gives you safety? What makes me feel safe? Um, I feel safe when... Okay, this is going to sound kind of funny. But I feel safe when I know I can nurture. That's kind of a bad habit. Because it's a it's a mothering thing that I want to do. Um, but I feel safe when I know when I can... How do I word this? How do I fucking word this? I feel safe when I can take people and help them. Like, I like people that have problems because I have had problems. You know, we all have problems. Yes, which is like but it's it a silly you thing. Like it, in yourself. it does because it, it's weird, and that's why I'm so drawn to Taylor, is because I took Taylor under this wing and I felt safe with her because I because I wanted her to grow, and I felt safe because we could bond over the same problems and the same traumatic experiences and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and that manifested into a beautiful relationship. Um, and I find I I find safety in in chaos in trauma. I don't find safety when it's calm. It weirds me out. I don't like vanilla because people. For us, when it's calm, something's, around the corner. something's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I find a ton of safety in what knowing, and knowing that I can help the problem. Mm-hmm. I know, knowing that I can bring something to the table. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny that I say that though, because Tim does not come from that at all, Mm-mm. at all. So his safety is a safety that I had to accept and learn to love. Because he is safe. Like, mm-hmm. he legitimately is safe. I'm safe in chaos. He's safe in calm. Mm-hmm. So he's that calm barrier. And that's something that I'm still learning, too. That's the only person I feel safe with with that's calmness. very much me and Austin as well. Yeah. Because he has... He has the calmness, to an extent. To an extent, yes. And same thing, to an extent. Yes. But he has that support system that I've never had. Right. And I never will have. No. And it's been a, it's been a very hard journey for me to accept his support system. Right. It's taken us a long time. That they're with you, not against you. Yes. Exactly. But to me, because of our trauma, they're against me. And I, I feel safe with myself. I, I feel safe knowing that I'm by myself. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I wanted you to celebrate is feeling safe with yourself. Which that's taken me a very long time. Yes. You have to yes. love yourself and you have to be safe with yourself. And knowing that as soon as you realize that you're safe with yourself, that's when you can start being safe with trauma and chaos because you know that you can bring something better to the table. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Wow. Yeah, guys, this um, this conversation I know got a little deep, which I liked. Um, I hope that one of the big takeaways that I want to I want to kind of like moralize with this is that never don't let your your past define you man don't bring that shit with you leave that chapter in in the past you know you don't re you don't open a book and reread the chapter before but you can't do that until you heal from it first right read the chapter thoroughly make sure you read every single word and reread it and reread it again exactly because i and, reread mine every day mm-hmm. and the more i read it the better i get mm-hmm. the more you dive deep and this is like spirituality talk but whatever i don't i'm just gonna do it anyways okay, yeah i um, love that when i think one of the biggest thing that's really really helped me in like healing and becoming the person that i am now and loving myself for like who i am is healing my inner child 
Mm. And healing that little girl that never got taken care of or loved or shown how to handle emotions or, you know, really taught anything for the most part. I always had to like kind of teach myself and just learn from other people's mistakes and spending that time with myself and healing my inner child and doing all these things that I always wanted to do, but I never did as a kid, which that literally meant riding the slingshot in Ocean City, Maryland. Right. Dumb shit. That was healing my inner child for me. Mm -hmm. And the two weeks after that I took that night and really said, I'm going to do everything I ever wanted to do as a kid, Mm -hmm. I left that place with a whole different outlook on life because I was like, I feel so much better that I finally did these things that this little Taylor always wanted and she never got. Mm -hmm. But I gave it to her. Mm -hmm. And you can always give it to yourself. Always. Always. And that, that's a... See, and that's such a beautiful thing to realize at 21. Yeah. You know, and this podcast, this episode is to celebrate Taylor, you know, to celebrate the fact that she knows this at 21. She knows that she, she's past the trivial, you know, surface layer bullshit. She is finding who she is. There's, it's terrifying. And I know that it's terrifying I'm 25 and I'm still, I'm going through another growth spurt and it's terrifying me, but it's so exciting and she's embracing it and she's excited and she's, she's celebrating it. And instead of living this life where it's just a cloud and you go, go through the motions and you just live life because that's what you're told to do. Fuck that dude. Find your inner child, be that inner child, manifest that inner child and grow from it. And be the person that you want to be. You want to be. You'll unlock true happiness. Hundred percent. When you heal all inner wounds and all those things that hurt you, that's when you can genuinely be happy. Mm-hmm. You can break free. Yeah. The shackles are gone. Yes. The shackles are gone. And, and that—that's funny that you say that, because you saying that and me talking about what I was talking about earlier, I have not dealt with that. I have not dealt with my inner child. Um, it's a little it's a little gone. I've talked about it a little bit. Like it's a little far gone for me to kind of really deal with it. Um, cause it's forgive and forget mm-hmm. at this point. Cause I mended the relationship with my mom and my, my, my dad. Um, but there's, you know, there's a couple things and they're suppressed and mm-hmm. maybe one day when I'm older and then I want to ready to deal with them, I'll deal with them. But that's a really good thing to, to really note though, is in order for those wounds to heal, you really have to heal them. And just to like, piggyback off of like what you just said which I'll just get vulnerable and talk about it I don't really care but my dad damaged me a lot between the ages of three and ten and then he died when I was 15 and I never healed from any of the things that he did to me before he died Mm -hmm. then he died and then I had to deal with the fact that he died and all the trauma that he put me through as a kid So like you saying, like you haven't really dealt with that. You mended the relationships and whatnot. I had to deal with that Mm -hmm. because I couldn't mend those relationships. Mm -hmm. I had to forgive without ever looking him in the face and saying, I forgive you. Mm -hmm. I had to look at the sky and say, hey, I I forgive you. And I know you couldn't love me and that's okay. And that's fine. I love you and I know you love me and that will all be good. But that was hard to forgive someone who's not here and can't say sorry I'll never get a sorry I'll never get an explanation I'll never get anything from that but I would have never been able to be me and find out who I really am if I didn't let go of all of that and that anger and that aggression that's what that was Mm -hmm. I was so mad I was so mad at my dad for so 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 long I was so angry and I just wanted to yell and scream and I would get so upset and I would just be crying and also be like, why are you crying? I'm just mad. I'm just so mad. I'm mad my dad's dead. I'm mad he's dead. Mm -hmm. And then I talked to a therapist and he said, your dad didn't know how to be loved, which means he doesn't know how to love. Mm -hmm. And if someone doesn't know how to love. You can't expect that. Exactly. And that was a turning point that I was like, I'm never going to like be okay if I don't just accept it. Mm -hmm. Let it go. But that meant. That meant crying on the stairs to Austin, mm-hmm. crying through therapy, crying through all of that and feeling each and every one of those emotions by myself or with Austin or whatever. And just mind you, Austin's not emotional or any of that stuff. So I cry and he's like, ew, this is disgusting. <laughs> Stop doing that. And I just got to the point where I was like, I don't know any way to release these emotions besides to sit here and cry. Mm-hmm. 
and I just sit there and cry and let it out and that is definitely a big thing that mm-hmm. helped me and like you know like you're like oh I don't even know if I want to get into like all of that childhood and all of that when you probably lose them is when I feel like you would probably it'll I'll do it then. you'll rehash that because I don't think I would have ever mm-hmm. And I didn't even think to get into that stuff until my dad was dead for like three years. Mm -hmm. And it hit me and I was like, oh, (laughs) we got a lot of issues. (laughs) We got a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. But that's helped me become a really well-rounded person. And Mm -hmm. I couldn't be any more grateful for that. Even though it was hard, it's Mm -hmm. a part of life. And death's a part of life. And it'll happen again. And again. And again. And again until you die. Mm -hmm. Because you are born. Live, and that's a part of life. And then you die, and that's it. And like, in that mid process, you like there's a lot that goes on. Whether or not you live your life, or you sit and dwell on it, and it becomes a personality trait, or you buck the fuck up, and you don't let it define you. And I'm not the girl with daddy issues. I'm not the girl with the dead dad. No, I'm not the girl with a traumatic childhood. Fuck that stigma, man. It's not no. daddy issues, okay? No. That's so weird. That's such a weird. That's a weird label. I got daddy issues. I got mommy issues. Grow up. Literally. Grow up. Look at yourself in the mirror and grow the fuck up. Everyone does. Yeah, everyone, everyone. does. Grandparent issues, brother issues, sister issues, friends, friends workers, co- spouse issues. They're always going to be fuck. issues. Stop, stop labeling them. Learn how to cope. Like, oh, it happened because of them. No, bitch. It happened and get over it. When you learn how to cope with things, that's when you become the best version of yourself. Exactly. And until you can cope, you're not going to be, you're going to be mean Mm -hmm. and you're not going to be a good friend to anybody because you can't be a good person to yourself if you're still hurting from things that happened years ago. Well said, my friend. Period. Well said. Well, everyone, hope you guys enjoyed our podcast. This was a pretty cool experience to experience with Taylor because Taylor does not talk about these things with me, like I said. Um, And it was a cool question for her to bring up about, like, my childhood because I don't really talk about that either. And, you know, guys, if you don't have friends in your life that don't challenge you like this or don't push your buttons, get new friends. Mm -hmm. Be uncomfortable. Stop, stop being comfortable, feel safe and grow. And also one last thing, stop fucking blaming your problems on other people. Period. Okay. Bye. Love you all. Bye. Oh, that was so good. Oh.